Are you ready for the word? But before, before, I, I, before I, I get into the word and our new series uh, for this month, uh, I did mention last week that we're going on a fast. And uh, some of you were very, paid a lot of attention to the date last week. I apologize for that. But many of you were on a warm up exercise, which is great. Like my sister. She called me up and she said, Did you, Didn't you say? I was like, It's just to prepare you. I'm glad you're listening in church. <laughs> but we, we, we are officially starting this fast tomorrow. And, and uh, we really wanted to get uh, everyone to join in on this fast. Because there are a number of things that we're praying for. And there are a number of things that we need to pray for. You know, there are world events. There are a whole bunch of things happening. And there's power when we come together as, as a team, as a community, as a family, and join together in corporate prayer and go on a fast together. So the fast is beginning tomorrow, March 7th to March 27th. And I just want to give, for those of you who've never done a fast, for those of you who don't really know what is a fast or what, what is required of a fast, I just put down a couple of things for you to get a better understanding of. The first is, what is fasting? You know, fasting is a spiritual discipline that is taught in the Bible. Jesus expected his followers to fast, and he said that God rewards fasting. Fasting, according to the Bible, means to voluntarily reduce or eliminate your intake of food. For some people, it may not be food. It may be something else. It may be television. It may be Netflix. It's not a joke, but it's, 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 it's the truth. It's reality. It may be something that takes away a lot of our time, takes away a lot more than normal. It could be coffee, it could be, it could be the computer, it could, whatever it could be, you know yourself best. But it means to voluntarily reduce or eliminate your intake of that thing for a specific time and purpose. You can write down the scripture if you want, it's Matthew 6. 16 to 18. Now, why fast? There are many good reasons. There are many good reasons to fast. Many health benefits as well. But we're not going on a fast to reduce, okay? The purpose of, of going on this fast is not to reduce. There are great diet plans and exercises for that. We're going on a fast to believe God for great things. Well, the purpose why we're going on a fast is to pray and trust God for the impossible. That's the purpose of the fast. But I want to share three primary, primary reasons, primary reasons of why we need to fast. First is because fasting gives you more time for prayer. We need to make it, over the, over the course of these 21 days, we need to set aside time. That we need to set aside time from that thing which we are staying away from to focus on praying. The second thing is, you can write down this verse as well, Acts 13, verses 2 to 3. The second thing is, fasting demonstrates the depth of your desire when praying for something. It shows that you are serious about your prayer request to pay a personal price. God honors deep desire and praying in faith. God honors deep desire and praying in faith. You can write down these verses as well, Joel 1, 14 and Joel 2, verse 12. 
The third thing is fasting releases God's supernatural power. It's a tool we can use when there is opposition to God's will. Now listen, we all know that Satan would like nothing better than to cause division, discouragement, defeat, depression, and doubt amongst all of us. United prayer and fasting has always been used by God to deal a decisive blow to the enemy. Say an amen with me. When we stand together and come together, the enemy has no hold over us. The, the enemy's rightful place is where? Under our feet. And that's where we need to keep him. That's where we need to keep him. You know, often in the Bible, God's people fasted immediately before a major victory, miracle, or answer to prayer. It prepared them for a blessing. You can take down these scripture verses as well. Moses fasted before he received the commandments. The Israelites fasted before a miraculous victory. Daniel fasted in order to receive guidance from God. Nehemiah fasted before beginning a major building project. Jesus fasted during his victory over temptation. The first Christians fasted during decision-making times. It's very important. It's very important for us to come together and understand why we're doing this. One thing that I firmly believe, that I, that I strongly believe that's really going to come through this fast is that we're going to experience victory and breakthrough. Now listen, God doesn't have to wait for the fast to get done with in order, for, in order for him to release breakthrough and victory. He's already doing it right now. He's already doing it right now. And even as we get on this fast and we are faithful, he's more than able to do it every single day. He's more than able to do it every single day and so much more. Just two cautions. Remember that fasting is not earning an answer to prayer. Okay, fasting is not earning an answer to prayer. God cannot be blackmailed by human effort. God wants to answer our prayers and he answers out of grace. Fasting simply prepares us for God's answer. Fasting simply prepares us for God's answer. And fast, listen, I know the desire may be there and it's great, but you, may be not, but you might not be able to and that's absolutely fine. You don't have to pressure yourself in going on a fast. A fast needs to be done true out of free will, out of love for God, which every person loves God, and also understanding that you are able to do it. So fast only if your health allows it at this time. If you are able to do, only do a partial fast. Do it in faith and God will honor your intentions. You know, some people get super excited that they go only on liquids, and by the second day, that's it. By the second or third day, it's not a bad desire. It's not a bad desire, it's a great desire. But if you've never been on a fast, you've never done a fast, start slow. Start slow. If it's one meal a day that you need to skip, skip one meal a day. You know, the whole purpose, the whole purpose of the fast is not only to fast, it is to fast and pray. 
Because let me say this, you're not doing this alone. So you don't have to take the burden of the whole world on your shoulders. We are doing this together. We're doing this together. You don't have to be like, oh, I'm not able to do it. Don't worry. There are a whole bunch of other people standing around you and we're doing this together. Yeah, we're doing this together. So they're going to be, from tomorrow onwards, they're going to be uh, prayer points, put daily prayer points that's going to go up on our Instagram stories. And our Instagram handle is at Hope DXB Church. And not only prayer points, but also Bible reading for every single day. Bible reading for every single day. We've put it out for 18 days because the three Sundays, we're going to be over here. And so the three Sundays, there's going to be a prayer that's going to go out, and we're also going to pray over here at our service. Yeah, so let's do this together and get excited for the breakthrough and the victory that God's going to do in our lives, in our families, in our home, in this city, and the nations of the world. Amen? Amen? Everyone ready? Anyone scared? No? Listen, we're here for you. We're here for you at all times. If you want to try to figure out and you want to understand more of what you can, what you shouldn't, how you, how you need to, we're here for you. But it's, it's the most important thing is that we're all coming together to do this. So we begin officially tomorrow, this 21-day fast and pray. Amen? Great. We're beginning a new sermon series this month. You know, every now and then, we hear stories of different structures, different built-up structures around the world, in our countries, in different places, that because of a weak foundation, it has collapsed and has fallen down. You know, you hear stories of these things happening all over the world, whether it's a bridge, whether it's a building, whether it's a factory, whatever it is, we hear stories that as great as it looks, as great as that structure may be, because of a weak foundation, it has crumbled and come down to the ground, come down to dust. Why? because it was not built on a solid foundation. It was not built on a solid foundation. In our lives, in our walk with God, in our spiritual walk with God, it is the same. If your life is not built on a strong foundation, which is the Word of God, you may only be able to get from year to year. And at some point in time, you will collapse. But if your life is built on the Word of God, which is an unshakable foundation, you will not only last, you will thrive and be taken from here to the destiny that God has for you. That is why this month we're doing a series on Unshakable Foundation. Our series for this month is Unshakable Foundation. And my message this afternoon is can't get enough of it. Can't get enough of it. 
Whenever you read the word of God and you think it's enough, that's the lie of the enemy. Because you will never come to a place where you've received and you've got enough of the word of God. Try it. Go to a chapter, go to a verse that you like. Meditate on that verse and remember how God spoke to you through that verse and go back to that same verse again and spend time over that verse. Allow that verse to speak to you. Trust me, it'll be completely different from the way God spoke to you previously. Because whenever you get into the word of God, first is God wants to speak to you and second, God is always speaking through his word. Now there are theories, there are questions. You know, we may ask, why does the word matter so much? Why is it so important? What difference does it make? There are people who question, is the Bible God's word to us? Or is the Bible our word about God? Is the Bible our word about God? I want to make this very clear in humility and respect and love and honor. At this church, at Hope DXB, we do not view the Bible as a collection of human words or thoughts about God. It is not about, it is not our word about God. But I strongly believe it is God's word to us. It is God's word to us. It makes all the difference. And let me tell you why. If God has not spoken, his promises are replaced by our wishes. Let me explain that further. If God has not spoken, his promises are replaced by our wishes. What I'm doing or what I'm gonna be doing today and next week is a mix of a preaching and a teaching. And I really want you to understand what I feel God's put on my heart and I want you to receive it so that it will help you fall in love with the word of God all over again, all over again. If God has not spoken, his promises are replaced by our wishes. Think about some of the great promises in scripture. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. My God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory. Who said these things? If these words came from the mouth of God, if God said them, if they are indeed the word of God to us, then they are promises on which we can depend. They are promises on which we can depend. You can take them anywhere. You can take them anywhere. You can build on them in every circumstance of your life. But if these are human words about God, then they are not promises on which we can depend, but merely wishes arising from the heart of Paul or from Isaiah that we might also cherish. If you believe that the Bible is God's word, if you believe with all of your heart that the Bible is our word. If, if, if you believe, if you believe, not with all of your heart, but if you believe that the Bible is our word about God, 
rather than God's word to us, you undermine the foundation of hope. You undermine the foundation of hope and replace God's promises to us with our wishes about God. The second is if God has not spoken, his truth is replaced by our opinion. The Bible says that God is, is, the Bible says that God is gracious, he is merciful, he is slow to anger, and he's abounding in love. These words are repeated no less than seven times in the Old Testament. And I've got all those scriptures written down there to prove it. But whose words are these? If God spoke these words to Moses and the prophets, we can be sure that he's gracious, merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in love because he's the one who said it. He has disclosed this himself. But if these words arose from the thoughts of Moses, David, Nehemiah, or Jonah, then we do not have the truth that we can count on for our lives today. All we have is opinion that arose from the experience of these particular men, and it may or may not prove true for us today. When you buy into that evolutionary theory, you know, conversations in small groups go like this. Moses believed that God is gracious and merciful, but others have a different experience. Others have a different experience. When the word of God to us is viewed as our word about God, not only do his promises become vicious, which undermine the very foundation of hope, but his truth gets replaced by our opinion, and that undermines the foundation of our faith. The third thing is, if God has not spoken, his welcome is replaced by our journey. You know, the Bible is full of invitations. Incline your ear and come to me. Year that your soul may live. I will make with you an everlasting covenant. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Come, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Who said these things? If God said them to and through the prophet Isaiah and the apostle James, then you, then you can be certain that God is reaching out to us in love. That means we can come to him with complete confidence. We can come to him in complete confidence. We can enjoy a true, a true and authentic relationship with God because he has invited us to come to him. If these words were simply reflections of the thoughts or experiences of James and Isaiah, they are only pointers on a journey. They tell us what others have found, but they offer no assurance that we will find the same. If the Bible is viewed as our words about God rather than God's word to us, you may have people reaching out and seeking after God, but very little finding. Very little finding him. Why? Because what is lost 
is God reaching out in love through his son. And what you have left is people just seeking. People just seeking. What's at stake over here? If the Bible is our word about God rather than God's word to us, then God's promises are replaced by our wishes and we lose the basis of hope. God's truth is replaced by our opinion and we lose the foundation of faith. God's welcome is replaced by our journey and we lose the assurance of his love. Do you see how much is at stake over here? The basis of faith, hope, and love all rest on the fact that God has spoken. The basis of faith, hope, and love all rest on the fact that God has spoken. The very fact that you are sitting over here and listening to me and listening to me speaking to you from the word of God is a fact that people did not speak to you about God, but God has spoken to you. And the foundation, the foundation of that conversation, the foundation of everything backing that is that God has spoken to you through his word. The very fact that you are here is because God has spoken to you through his word. That's why the basis of faith, hope, and love rests on the fact that God has spoken, giving us promises, telling us who he is, inviting us into a relationship with himself, and telling us how that is possible through his son, Jesus Christ. And when I think of all this, you know, I can step back and breathe a sigh of relief and simply say, thank God for the word of God. Thank you for the word of God. Without the word of God, we know that each of our lives were in a mess. Without the word of God, we know that we, are, we were headed and we were walking aimless, aimlessly through a dark tunnel. But as soon as we received the word of God in our lives, from that day onwards, we've been able to see the light. Not because of what people told us about who God is, that is important, but because God has spoken to each and every one of us through his word. The word of God is real. The word of God is the life. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 3.16, the word of God is God-breathed. And it's more than able to teach you, rebuke you, correct you, love you, and train you as a servant of God in the way you need to go so that you are well-equipped. The word of God is not just another book. It's something that God has given us. It has been inspired by the Holy Spirit that appeals to each and every age. That appeals to each and every age. The Word of God is more than able to bring about breakthrough, breakthrough in your life 
every single day of your life. You know, the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. It's like coming and it's like me coming and giving you a drink that you've never tasted and saying, you need to taste this. This is the best drink in the world. I'll promote that drink as much as I want. But unless and until you taste it, you will not know how good it is. People can come and tell you about the word of God. They can tell you that God is good. But unless you come before God and you read it yourself and you fall in love with the word of God yourself, only then will you know and see how good it is. And trust me, it is good. It is good. The word of God has the solution for any and every problem in life. You know, my sister was just reminding us about this the other day. When she was in kids' church, she used to normally tell the children and break it down. The Bible, you know, break, break down the word Bible. Basic instructions before leaving earth. Basic instructions before leaving earth. You need that instruction from the word of God every single day. You want to thrive in your workplace? You want to thrive in your home? You want to thrive in your, you want to be at peace when you're walking down the road? You want to be at peace when you hear a devast- when you hear some kind of devastating, depressing news? Get into the word of God because the word of God is a life and the word of God is more than able to bring about life in every and in any and every death situation. You want peace? You can get it from the word of God. He says, peace, my peace, I give you. Not as the world gives, but this peace that you experience comes from me. You want help? I'm your very present help in time of need. Draw near to me and I will draw to you. You know, a pastor went, a pastor went to our house for dinner. Very fancy house, very rich family. And uh, they, 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 when they laid out the table, they had the, the finest dinner set. You know, perfect china, gold, gold spoons, every, everything was flawless on the dining table. You could tell everything was really expensive. And the pastor ate his meal, enjoyed that meal, and he left. Now the wife was searching for the spoon in that house and she searched all over the dishwasher, which is a very common term today. It's the, it's what has gotten people a lot more lazy. I'm a victim. But searched all over the place for that spoon, that very fancy looking spoon that the pastor ate with. And she came to a conclusion. The pastor of the church robbed the spoon. The pastor of the church robbed the spoon. Now she didn't know how to go up to the pastor and ask him, did you take away our spoon? Months went by. And she came to a place where she couldn't hold it back anymore. And she, 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 she invited the pastor home. She invited the pastor home again. And said, pastor, please don't feel bad. 
But the last time we invited you and we had you over for dinner at our place, we found that the spoon was missing. I'm sorry to ask you, but did you take the spoon? And the pastor said, follow me. He went into, he went into the, uh, the hall. He went by the cabinet where all the books were kept. And he went to the Bible. He removed the Bible and dusted it. And in the middle of the Bible was a spoon. She hadn't opened it for months. He said, I didn't take your spoon. Your spoon was in your house all along. I was waiting for you to call me back. I thought it would be in a week, but it just shows the dust on this Bible. I'm not saying this to convict any one of you. If you are getting convicted, I was at a place once where I did get convicted, but I'm not saying that. I'm saying this in love. You might have stopped reading the word of God because of whatever might have happened in your life. You might have walked away from the word of God And let me say this in complete confidence. You might have walked away from God thinking that you will set out and do things on your own. But I can say this in complete confidence. I know that things have only gotten worse. Things have only gotten worse. If it got better, it's not going to last. Trust me. Because every person in life are three places. They're at the Red Sea. Okay? They're crossing the Red Sea or they're coming out of the Red Sea. People will always be at these three places in life. For some of you who are walking through the Red Sea, great. You're not, you're not very far away. For some people who are walking out of, the, out of the Red Sea, greater things are yet to come because you're walking out of the wilderness. And for those who are not in these two places, your Red Sea is coming. But even, in, even through that, God will make sure you get through. God will make sure you get through. Moses received the word of the Lord that every person will walk on dry ground. Don't worry about your Red Sea. You will get through on dry ground and God will be with you. But what I want you to understand is, like I said, you might have gotten away from the word and things might have gotten worse or it might have been better. And I said, it's not going to be better for a while. It's, it's, it's not going to be better. Enjoy it while it lasts, but it's not going to be better always. Because if God is not with you, things will not last. And I'm not talking about something I don't know. I'm talking everything I'm saying this afternoon I'm saying it from things that I've done in my own life. I've been in love with the Word of God. I've walked away from the Word of God and I've enjoyed that, that temporary satisfaction that I can do it on my own. And then you finally come to a place where you're completely broken and you feel like you have nothing. But the Bible is true to His Word. God is true to His Word. I will never leave you nor forsake you. You may feel like you have nothing, but you have me. And if God is all that you have, you've got all that you need. And I realize I do have something. 
that can take me out of this situation and take me on for the rest of my life. And that is the word of God, which is I can stand today and boast in who I am, in who I have become and in who I am becoming because of Christ in my life, the hope of glory, and because the word of God as my unshakable foundation. I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. I will never be perfect. But in those situations, when things are crumbling a bit, you can go back to that which will never crumble. And that is the word of God. That is the word of God. So today I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. I'm going to say this again next week. Three things. I haven't put it down over here. I've put in my points for next week. But I feel it's worth saying. Three things. How you can fall in love with the word of God. If you've not already been on a journey, you're the spoken word. You're the spoken word. What do I mean by that? Make Sunday church a commitment and a priority. Make Sunday church a commitment and a priority. Second, get committed and be surrounded by people who are in love with the word of God. What do I mean? Shameless plug, but it's worth it. Get plugged into a hangout. Get plugged into a hangout. Because if you don't have a desire already, there have been people around you who have gone ahead of you, have fallen in love with it, have tested it, and it has proven for them. And when you are in an environment like that, you get strengthened and encouraged because of what it's done for others, and it challenges you to do the same for yourself. Get plugged in. Thirdly, you yourself get into the Word of God. In today's technology and time, we have so many easy Bible plans on you version that you can get into. Begins with just 10 minutes a day. 10 minutes a day. Topics that you love, faith, hope, joy, peace, struggle, prayer, perseverance, whatever it is, get into the Word of God yourself and allow God to speak to you. Somebody else's revelation, what God reveals to somebody else, is knowledge to you. But God wants to speak to you and reveal himself to you. So don't rely on what God has said to someone else. God wants to speak to you. Read the word of God and start today. Today is a great day to start. Which is why, we, you know, the beauty of this whole series is we're going on a fast together. And along with this fast, we're going to be providing Bible reading every day. Scriptures to read every day. Get into the word of God. God wants to speak to you and do great things for you. Amen. Can we make that a commitment? Can we all stand? Father, we just thank you in the name of Jesus for the word that you've given us. For the word that is more than able to speak to us through the good and through every trial in life. And that word is more than able to bring about faith, hope, love, peace, joy, strength, courage. I just pray, Lord, that as we read your word, Lord, we ask that you would do something new. Do something fresh. Speak to us like you've never spoken before. 
And I pray, Lord, that every person in this community will fall in love, including myself, will fall in love with your word all over again. Throughout this week, it will be your word that takes us on. Through every day, through every single day, and as we draw from your word, as we draw strength from your word, you would speak through us to the people around us. So I just pray that you'd pour out every blessing over every family represented over here. And we just thank you for an amazing week in advance. We also remember Ukraine. We pray for Russia. We pray for all the nations of the world. For peace. For war to come to an end. For no more lives being lost. Even as talks are going to be held again in the next couple of days between, between Russia, between, between, between Moscow and, and Ukraine, we just pray, Father God, that they would be able to resolve the situation. And we ask that your peace will prevail. In Jesus Christ's mighty name. Amen. Amen.